Welcome to online worship for the first Sunday of Advent. Um, we are doing a sermon series during Advent called The Gift of Presence. And we're talking about being fully present with what's going on in our lives and in the world, how Jesus is the greatest gift to us by coming and being present with us, and how we can be that gift for other people. As our scripture passage this morning, it comes out of the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 24 and going through verse 37. I invite you to hear God speaking to you through these words of scripture. But in those days, after that time of distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will lose its brightness, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the promised one, coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then the angels will be sent to gather the chosen from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Take the fig tree as a parable. As soon as the twigs grow supple and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, you know that the promised one is near, right at the door. The truth is, before this generation has passed away, all these things will have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But as for the day or the hour, nobody knows it, neither the angels of heaven nor the only begotten Son, but only God. Be constantly on the watch. Stay awake. You do not know when the appointed time will come. It is like people traveling abroad. They leave their home and put the workers in charge, each with a certain task. And those who watch at the front gate are ordered to stay on the alert. So stay on the alert. You do not know when the owner of the house is coming, whether at dusk or midnight, when the cock crows are at early dawn. Do not let the owner come suddenly and catch you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all, stay alert. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's a really interesting passage with some pretty, what we call apocalyptic details in the beginning. And I don't want you to get um, fixated or um, I don't want you to get underneath all those details that are like the sun darkening and the moon losing its brightness. The bottom line is it's calamity when it looks like the world is falling apart. Sometimes our world looks like it's falling apart. Sometimes it is what we see on the news. We read the newspaper, we see it on the news reports, we read it on social media, and it seems like the world is falling apart, like the sun is refusing to shine. The moon and everything else has lost its brightness and stars are falling out of the sky. The world is crumbling around us. And yet Jesus says to us in this passage, I'm right there. Then you will see the promised one. I'm right there. I'm near. I'm right at the door. God is present with us. One of the names that we have for Jesus is Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus came to be with us. Jesus was God in human form, present with us as we went through what was happening in the world. And God is still present with us when we go through what is happening in the world. Sometimes it is those news reports when it seems like the world is coming apart. Sometimes it's a little closer to home. It's things that are happening in our own lives. It's the total in the bank account. 
It's the family member who's not speaking to us. It's the relationship that is falling apart. It is our having no idea of what lies ahead for us that it feels like the world is falling apart. God is with us when our world seems to be falling apart. God is present with us. God never leaves us, never forsakes us, but is always present with us. So if you feel like the world is coming apart at the seams, whether it is the world you see on the news or your own personal life, I want you to know that God is with you. God is present. On this first Sunday of Advent, we focus on the theme of hope. One of the ways that we describe Jesus is the hope of the world. We know that this world is not functioning as God wants it to function. God created a world of peace and love and justice where every person, because we're all created in God's image, is of sacred worth, and we recognize that in each other. But it doesn't take very long to look around and see that that is not how the world is actually operating today. But God is present with us, and God will use us to make it better. We see a couple of different things in this passage as well. One is that he says, um, the truth is, no one knows exactly when this will happen. So just be ready all the time. If you are just being who you're supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to be doing, it won't matter what else happens. It won't matter when I come back because you'll be caught doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, Advent means coming. We talk about Advent and we think about celebrating Jesus' birth, which we actually celebrate on Christmas Eve. And these four weeks leading up to it are Advent, the waiting, the preparing for the coming. But we talk about God is already present with us. And at the same time, we remember that Jesus coming as a small child, as a baby in a manger, was not the only coming, that he's coming back that there's a second coming, that one day at the end of the story, if Genesis at the beginning of the Bible is the beginning of the story and Revelation is the end of the story, what we find at the end is a return to Eden, is the world as it was supposed to have been, as it was always supposed to have been. And so when he comes and makes it all right, it will be like it's supposed to be. And we have hope in that. Meanwhile, Those of us who are followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be what we call a foretaste of glory divine. That's a phrase out of a hymn. But we're supposed to go ahead and be living as if that world is already reality. We show people that a world of peace and justice, of righteousness and of love does work. It's the way it's supposed to work. And so we do that by being hopeful, by being loving by being just, by living in ways that are aligned with how God tells us to live, if we do all of those things, then we become that little taste, that little hint, that little sample of what the whole world is going to be like when Christ returns. Too often, there are many of us who are trying to see how long we can not live that way until we have to. When I was growing up, I reached an age where I was old enough to stay by myself. I didn't need a babysitter. But in reality, I probably wasn't really old enough to stay by myself because I wasn't terribly responsible, 12, 13, maybe. And my mother would leave me home, particularly during the summer when school was out. And she would give me a list of things to do. 
things like fold the towels that are in the dryer and put them in the closet. Unload the dishwasher and rake the carpet. You may not know that reference, but when I was growing up, shag carpets were still a thing. That was back from the 70s, longer carpet, often multicolor pieces to it. And you use this little rake to rake all of the fibers in one direction so that when you vacuumed, it would be more effective. And mother would say, rake the carpet, fold the towels, unload the dishwasher. Do you know what? I didn't want to do that. I was being lazy. It was my summer. I wanted to watch TV, talk on the phone with my friends, read a book, go swimming. When to do those things. But I knew how to watch the clock. I knew what time mother would be home. And so about an hour or so before she got home, I'd have to jump into overdrive and do all the things that she had asked me to do. And Jesus says, you don't know what time I'm coming. In other words, don't think that you can not live as I want you to because you don't know when. And I really think Jesus is trying to motivate us, trying to say, I need you to be authentic. I need you to be consistent. I need you to be who you are in me all the time. And then all the calamity in the world around us, all the calamity in our personal lives won't unsettle who we are. And we might be able to help others find some settle in their life. You know, we just celebrated Thanksgiving this past week. And I got to have both of my children and my daughter-in-law present with us. And you know what? The food was good. I don't really care about the food. I cared about being able to sit at a table and spend time listening to my children, hearing what's going on in their lives, catching up, because they don't live in my house anymore. I don't get to see them and talk to them every single day. I don't know all those little details that I used to. The greatest thing they gave me and the thing I'm most thankful for was their just being present. We can give that gift of presence to other people during this holiday season. The themes of Advent are hope, peace, joy, and love. If those themes stayed at the front of our attention as we go through all of our holiday, how might our experience of the holidays be different? If we didn't lose the reason we're celebrating the season in the busyness of shopping and gift wrapping and cooking and parties, what if we were truly present wherever we were? What if when we gathered with family and friends, we turned off the TV and we put down our phones and we were just present with the people in our lives? Could we give those we love and care about the gift of being fully present? Because I wonder what we might hear, what we might notice what they might open up and share with us if they had our full attention and weren't having to share it with the TV and the phone and other things. I also wonder how we might make the holidays different for others if we could be truly present, even with people we don't know. If we could be truly present with the clerk who checks us out while we're shopping in the store, with the server who serves us the meal at the end of the day when we're tired and they're tired. If we could be present with the people we pass as we hurry along our way to see them, what might we see in their eyes? 
What might we hear in their voice? What might we notice in the slump of their shoulders? How might we be able to be a voice of hope if we can just be present? This Advent, I encourage you to think about how you may be the very best gift you can give someone by being present with them. It's a way of us giving a present back to God for God being present with us. God gives God's self to us by being present with us. And we pay that forward, so to speak, by being present with others, by being a voice of hope, by being a presence of love, by noticing. The greatest gift you will ever receive is the presence of God. And the greatest gift you'll ever give is the presence of yourself. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, for the gift of your presence, we are truly grateful. For the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came to be present with us in human form, who modeled for us a life of love, so committed to a life of love, even to death on the cross. And for the gift of your love, which raised him from the dead. For the gift of your Holy Spirit, which empowers us to live lives pleasing to you. And for many, many, many more gifts. For people in our lives, in our world, in our churches, and in our homes who are present with us when we need them. Times of joy and times of challenge. Teach us, O God to give that gift of being truly present with others this Advent season. Show us how in the week ahead we could share your hope with the world and everyone we come in contact with. This we ask in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.